Hallelujah. Well, it is good to be, uh, to be back home with my Willow family. I bring you greetings from uh, our sister church, Fellowship Church in Southern California. Uh, our church sends their love, and we're just glad that we get to do this thing together. Amen? Now, now you know, I know Brother Dave has started uh, in the new pastor. And as a matter of fact, uh, met uh, Dave backstage, and I was shocked. He is taller than I thought he was. He is taller. I was like, man, nice to meet you. It was great to meet you. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. That did not happen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, I'm so thankful to the leadership and all that they're navigating in this season. I, I, and I don't, you know, we've got love for one another. I, I don't want to be critical of the new leadership, but there, there is one thing I just got to deal with, and, and I didn't have a chance to deal with it privately, so I'm just going to deal with it publicly. And We'll, we'll, just, we'll just have to let the chips fall where they may. As I was coming in and I was preparing, you guys, y'all know I, I love being here. I love doing what I do. But y'all, I, I, I hate to do this, but they said I had 22 minutes. And I was like, somebody needs to tell Dave to go watch the old tapes. This is not, I know we're doing this online thing, and I know some of y'all got other stuff to do. But if y'all think a brother is about to preach for 22 minutes, you have lost your mind. I am, I'm about to go. So, you know, I, got a, I sent an email to Dave. We're going to talk about it. He probably doesn't even know it happened, but uh, he going to know after this video, and he going to know. No, I'm just <laughs> Grab your Bibles. Uh, Pastor Dave started last week in the book of Daniel, and we're going to pick that back up in chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. We're going to look at and focus in on verses 26 uh, and 28a, somewhere around there. Daniel chapter 2, 26, verses 26 and 28. Hear these words of our father. Uh, the king asked Daniel, uh, also known as Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God. Whew, that just, my soul just got happy. I just love that. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Growing up in Mississippi, one of my childhood memories, I mean, honestly, uh, is, a, is a pretty traumatic one. It's, it's, it's waking up, uh, just waking up. Because my mother had a four-layer wake-up call. That was a four-layer wake-up call. You know how you're a kid and you sleep, you got to get up for school early in the morning. The first, the first round was, she'd say, get up, y'all get up. And in my head, I would hear, You know, it just lets this faint cry. It's like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I'm rolling back over. I'm dreaming about playing Atari. Um, you know what I mean? So, 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 so then the next one is a little closer. She comes like closer to the room and she kind of, she kind of comes in. She comes, she comes a little closer to me and, and she says, she says, I, I said, get up. And I, and I could hear that. And then I was like, huh, I think mom desires that I arise. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I kinda, I'm kind of wrestling through, so I kind of roll over. And then the third one, now the third one, y'all, the third one, it, it gets more intense. She comes in the room, and she hits the light switch. Now, I don't know if y'all remember this feeling, but the light switch coming on was like, 
was like death to your eyes. It was like a bunch of little knives sticking in your eyeballs. It was like, oh, that is the worst. And then she would say, I said, get up. And, and we could hear her clearly. And then she would lace it with the warning. And she said, she said, now, if I have to come back in here, I'm going to help you get up. Now, I, I don't know if in your house you know what that means. But in my house, you, you don't want her to help you get up. Um, that is not a term of endearment. Um, that is a threat of violence. Um, that, that is, so, so you didn't want that. So that third wake up, you needed to open up your eyes and say, okay, let me get up lest she come next time by fire. Um, it, it was devastating. It was hard. That light in your eyes, you would not want to wake up. As a matter of fact, it would follow me in my adulthood. Y'all ever had a moment, a morning when you woke up and you was late? And you woke up so late, like you was in that ram deep sleep. Like you, and you woke up and you realize you so late. It, it's, it, it ain't call and say, I'm going to be late. It's call and say, I ain't going to make it late. It's like, it's like I, I've just lost that money today. Just count me out. Just give me, a, give me a personal day or something. Like, have you ever been so late waking up, overslept so badly that you, that you miss money? You missed an opportunity to get up. Um, I, when I think about that tension, the pain of waking up, the threat of waking up too late, I think it accurately describes what's happening in chapter 2 of the book of Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar. He has his bad dream, and what happens ultimately in this dream is God is waking him up. <laughs> he, he's waking him up, and he's not just waking him up to a bad dream, but he's waking him up to a new reality of who God desires to be in his life. He's waking him up spiritually. He's, he's waking him up in the way of, he's waking him up concerning salvation. He's waking him up so that he might see something that he was in fact sleeping on. He was about to oversleep and miss one of the greatest treasures of life. He was being awakened by the hand of the living God. And I ain't got a lot of time, Willow, but I just came just to encourage you. Make sure in this season you wake all the way up, lest you miss the power of God right here who's present in your life. I want to talk about waking up. I want to talk about how even in 2020, a year like this, like Nebuchadnezzar needed to wake up, we too need to wake up and make sure that we don't miss what God has for us in this season. There are three areas in our passage where I see God just compelling Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, and, and who, who, who we're following in this journey. We're looking at the life of Daniel, but, but there, there are three ways that I see him encouraging Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, wake up. Number one, wake up and see the grace of God. Somebody shout the grace of God. Come on, I know you at your house. Wake the kids up. Shout. You can say it loud. I don't say it loud, say it proud. Say, somebody say, wake up to the grace of God. Say the grace of God. Can I just take 30 seconds before I even go another further on this point? Can I just say this? Just waking up is the grace of God. I know we live in a time where it's a lot of stuff going on, but you are, every time you wake up and your eyes open and your mouth can move, you ought to just whisper, thank you, Jesus, for another day. There's grace just in waking up. Don't miss the simple graces that are right there in front of your face. Just waking up is a grace for God. And I know many of us are going through hard times. We're going through trials and, and tribulations, through manifold levels of loss and, and discouragement. 
discouragement and some of us depression and some of us are barely hanging on by a thread. I'm telling you, it'd be a shame for you to wake up to the fear, wake up to the discouragement, wake up to the devastation and not wake up to the grace. Even in the midst of the fear, even in the midst of the discouragement and even in the midst of the frustration, the grace is still there. Wake up to it all. Wake up to the grace of God. Wake up to the grace of God. I'm going to get on to my point, but can I just stop right here and give a station break to Willow? Willow, can I just tell you, it's been a long season. Some of us have been weary. We've been discouraged. You may even be depressed. It's been hard hanging on. We've been through a lot as a church, but can I just tell you, the grace of God is still right here. The hand of God is still right here. And if he brought us this far, I'm convinced he's going to bring us all the way. Stay encouraged. Don't you give up. God. God is not done with this church. Can I get a witness in here? Can I get a witness in the comments? God is still doing a great work right here. Wake up to the grace of God. Willow, his grace is still here. So you got to wake up. King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a terrible dream. And when he woke up, he woke up to fear. He woke up to fear. He had this terrible dream. And he immediately was so afraid of it. He, in this moment, he ran to the fear and he pulled every wise man, every magical enchanter, everyone that could reveal stuff. And he tells them, listen to this. He says, number one, first, you got to tell me what I dreamed. And then you got to interpret the dream. They was like, say what? Say, huh? You, you mean? He said, yeah, because I, I don't want you to manipulate me. So to prove that you can really interpret dreams, tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it means. And when they answered slow, he said, listen, listen to this. He says, each one of you will die if you can't do it. I'm going to kill every last one of you. He was driven by fear and his fear led him to trying to leverage his force. Sometimes in crisis, when you're driven by fear, you tend to try to use your own power. You try to use your own force to fix it, not realizing that your force and your fear that's driving your force will still lead you to failure. Because here's the thing, King, you scared of the dream. You afraid of the dream. You afraid of what's going to happen with the dream. That's the big fear, right? Here's the problem. You kill everybody, they're going to all be dead, and you still ain't going to know the answer to your dream. So you still going to go to bed with fear. See, the big difference between Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar ran to fear. He had all the power, all the wealth, all the resources, and still had all the fear. Can I just tell you? Your money can't save you. Your power can't save you. Your resources can't save you. Only God can save you. Here you got, here you got Daniel who's a slave who, who's who's a, who's 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 a, a, a outcast? He's been outcast from his land, and he's he's a foreigner. Got less, but got more faith. Nebuchadnezzar was driven by fear. Daniel was driven by faith. He was the king of Babylon. Daniel came to introduce the king of Babylon to the prince of peace. <laughs> 
See, Nebuchadnezzar didn't have peace. Daniel did. As you read his response, he engages with him, and he peacefully engages in bringing about the, the, the solution to this problem. King, King Nebuchadnezzar, it is said, a theologian says this. He, said, he says this. He says, says, King Nebuchadnezzar took his problems to bed. Daniel took his problems to God. I'll say that again. King Nebuchadnezzar took his problems to bed. Daniel took his problems to God. My question is for you, where are you taking your problems? Are you taking to bed what you should be taking to God? Some of you, your life in this season of your life is marked by anxiety, is marked by stress. You're overwhelmed by the burdens. I hope you ain't taking all that to bed. I don't know what kind of bed you got. You may have one of those mechanical reinforced beds, but I don't think your bed can handle the burden that you're carrying. Did y'all hear what I said? I said, I don't think your bed can handle the burden that you're carrying. Instead of taking it to bed, why don't you take it to God? Daniel would say, take it to God. He would, he would take it to God, and he would give God an opportunity to do the heavy lifting. Can I tell you, you weren't designed to carry stuff this heavy. You weren't designed to walk in fear especially when you got the opportunity to stand in faith standing right in front of you. Daniel shows us the way. He says, don't take to bed what you should take to God. He takes it to God, and he, he's able to count on God to do what God does best. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Um, the, now that I'm a dad, waking up kids is, I love it. I take advantage of it. I, my mama was rough, but I take it to a whole nother level. I bring like buckets of water. I bring sirens, you know, I'm a loving father. Um, but one of the best parts of waking up, um, it's folders in your cup. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. I couldn't resist it. It was just right there. It's like, oh, I had to take it out. But no, one of the best parts of waking up my kids is when they're at their right age. Y'all remember this? Like, like my son, when he was six, uh, that was the last age that I could actually lift him and carry him. Um, he's six years old, and, and out of a sleep on the couch, I wake him up, and he crawl into my chest, grab my neck real tight, legs wrap around my waist, and he just cuddle into me. He, he grab a layer of fat and wrap it around him. It was just beautiful. It's just, oh, he just get all in there. Can I just tell you, it's one of the greatest parts of being a father, being able to carry my son in a posture where he's so dependent, he's so nestled into my care. It's just a privilege for me to carry him. Can I tell you, if it's a privilege for me, can you imagine what a privilege it is for God to carry you? What a privilege it is for him to carry you when you're so dependent, when you're in a, in a posture of, of neediness towards him and towards his presence and to his glory. Can I tell you what a privilege it is for him to carry you? Why would you take that privilege away from him by running the fear, running to your own force, running to your own ability, and not running to the ability of, the ability of your almighty God? There's an old hymn we used to sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Best part of waking up <laughs> is Father picking me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the best part of waking up is knowing that your father is there to pick you up. Let him carry you. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. God was waking Nebuchadnezzar up to the grace of God. A grace that woke you up, a grace that gave you a warning and a grace that gave you an invitation to come and trust me. The, the next thing, I, I got to hurry up here. The next thing, he gives him an invitation to, the, to see the power of God at work. An invitation to see the power of God. Daniel hears about this decree for all the wise men to be killed, for all the, all the interpreters to be killed. And Daniel says, give me a shot. Give me a shot. And he goes to his, his homeboys. Um, I'm sorry, his homeboys, his partners in the ministry, those that come alongside him in faith so that he might live out faithfully God's call on his life. Uh, his, his homeboys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says, yo, y'all pray, y'all pray that our God will hear. And he goes and God gives Daniel not just the interpretation of the dream, but he gives him what the dream was about. So he's able to go to the king and say, now this is what you dreamed and this is what it means. It, he, he reminds us and he wakes Nebuchadnezzar up and really reminds Daniel of the power of God. Y'all, as we go through this season and as we journey together, we need to make sure that we're waking up daily to the power of God. Sometimes I think we forget how big he is how great he is, how good he is, how faithful he is. We got to wake up to the power of God. In, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, he just gives some of God's receipts. Y'all know what a receipt is. It keeps record of, of what was purchased, of what was done. He, Jesus got some receipts. He pulled out the, the resume of God. He pulls out the resume. Listen, verse 20, he says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his receipts. He changes times and seasons, receipts. He deposes kings and raises up others' receipts. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning, receipts. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. God's faithfulness is in this season, is everything in this season. I'll say that again. God's faithfulness in this season is everything in this season. He wants to wake you up to see the power of God. God moves on his behalf. Now, oddly enough, I think it's important for us to note that God's yes in chapter 2 is a direct result of Daniel's no in chapter 1. 
I'm going to say that again. Y'all missed that. God's yes in chapter 2 is a result of Daniel's no in chapter 1. Y'all remember last week, Pastor Dave talked about this. Da- Daniel and the boys, they was like, we're not going to eat the food of the empire. We're we not going to eat everything up in here. Y'all keep some of that stuff because we got we to gotta preserve our body. We got to preserve our witness, and we got to stay connected to the Father. So I'm going to say no to the food of the empire. And because they said no in chapter 1, God said yes in chapter 2. Can I just tell you, some of you need to start to say no in chapter 1 so God can give you a yes in chapter 2. It's your focus on him. It's your refusal to indulge in the things of the empire. It's because what you consume, you begin to produce. What you consume, you produce. And they were consuming the presence and feasting on the presence of God and the power of God. So in chapter 2, when it was about to get killed, they were able to produce the glory and the power and the presence of God because that's what they were consuming. I guess it's something about being attuned to the voice of God, being able to hear him and being able to turn down the noise of the empire so that I might turn up the sound of the kingdom of God and the values in the kingdom of God and the voice of the kingdom of God in my life. Some of us need to turn down the empire and turn up the kingdom of God. Turn this down so you can turn this up. You know how we used to ask the question, turn down for what? Turn down so you can hear the power and the presence of God and his voice in your life. You got to turn it down. You got to turn it down. Some of us, if you, what, what you eat, you become like. So they were feasting on the presence of God so that they might become like the presence of God. Some of us, we're feasting and we're eating on donkeys and we're becoming donkeys. Some of us, we're feasting and we're eating on elephants and we're becoming elephants. Yeah, I went there. I sure did. I went there right, right, right up in here. Yep, I went right on there. Some of you are consuming donkeys, and you're starting to act and sound like it. Some of you are consuming elephants, and you're starting to act and sound like it. Church, we need to consume the lamb so that we might act and sound like him. Oh, I need some more witnesses in the comments on that one. Come on in here, somebody. So it turns out my grandmother was right. You are what you eat. (laughs) Notice what Daniel consumed. He pushed away the table and he said no in chapter one. And God said yes in chapter two. I think there's a connection there. Third and finally, I'm out of time. The clock is starting to blink and go backwards and starting to send up warning signs and all this other kind of stuff. They're going to send the band out and play me off after a little while. But of course, y'all know I ain't going to go nowhere. I'm going to be right here. I ain't going nowhere. Um, I, I, think, I think the last thing, we'll go home on this. He, he had to wake up to the grace of God. He had to wake up to the power of God. And third and finally, he had to wake up to the coming kingdom of God. The coming kingdom of God. This dream that Nebuchadnezzar had is this dream. It's reflective of of what he saw in Egypt as he was conquering statues and the land and the treasure there. What he would have seen when he conquered Judah and and captured the tribe. He had seen these great statues, uh, these monuments lifted up. And in his dream, he saw a monument and the head was gold. 
And God said, the head is you, King Nebuchadnezzar. And then each part of the body, the arms, the chest, the the midsection, the legs, the thigh, they were all made of like silver and bronze and iron and stone. And the feet, oddly enough, were, were made of clay. So you've got this big golden head and feet made of clay. And in, in my translation, God is saying to, Dan, to, to, to Daniel to give this message to King Nebuchadnezzar, you can't have a gold head and clay feet. It just doesn't work. Be careful that you don't have a gold head filled with your own legacy, your own ideas of your own confidence, and you only got clay feet. What happens in the dream is this, this carved out cliff rock comes and takes the feet from out from up under it, and the whole thing falls. Most theologians say that each stone in each area represented a different nation and a different kingdom. Translation, message simple, message short, so I can hurry up and wrap up. Um, All kingdoms will fall except God's. The carved out rock in the text becomes a mountain that invades the whole space. Here's the message, friends. God's kingdom is greater than yours. And every other kingdom will fall. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But only the kingdom of God will remain. So live in a way that the kingdom of God might come in and be a blessing to you and not bring destruction to you. The king, when he heard the reality of the dream, says he lay prostrate on the floor. Normally, if I was preaching, I'd just lay down on the floor, but with COVID threats and stuff, I don't know if we didn't clean the floor. I don't know, so I'm just going to stand up, but I'm going to act like I'm laying down. He... He says he lays prostrate, y'all, and he gets low. And in my mind, I imagine he looks at all the different statues that he's seen, all the different kings, all the different names of those kings, and he realizes all the other names fade away until there's only one, and that's God. The lower you get, King Nebuchadnezzar, the clearer the kingdom of God becomes. He humbled himself. He resigned from his office. And he said, God, you're God. I'm not God. You're God. And he resigned. Friends, anybody need to resign from your office? Have you been sitting in the seat of God? Have you walked around with an assumed head of gold? Have you missed the call of the kingdom? Have you failed to remember that you got clay feet? It's hard to have a gold head when you got clay feet. Get low. Get low, get low, get low. Because the lower you get, the clearer his kingdom becomes. You can see, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Church, wake up to the grace of God. Wake up to the power of God and wake up to the coming kingdom of God. It ain't your kingdom, it's his. So may we bow down as King Nebuchadnezzar did. And from this posture of surrender and humility, we can see the kingdom of God more clearly. And we'll see it 
will live it for his glory. Amen. God, we thank you so much. Would you help us to wake up in this season? In the midst of hard times, may, may we see your grace and not fear. May, you, may we see your power. May we see your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Willow. I love you so much.